Great to be with you in this new year. I have a message that's kind of been in my heart just for a little while called Forgetful and Fruitful. It's very interesting to me about uh, this idea that Jesus said um, in Mark 8. Uh, he said, some people have eyes to see, but they don't see. They have eyes, but they fail to see. They have ears, but they fail to hear. They don't understand. It seems like a strange thing to do with your eyes, uh, but not to see. Uh, Jesus kept asking, you have ears, but don't you hear? It, and he, he said this to the disciples after they, they got themselves knotted up. Jesus had fed the 5,000 and they picked up 12 basketfuls. And then he filled the 4,000 and they picked up seven basketfuls. And then they got in a boat and Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And they, they got knotted because they thought he was talking about bread. They thought Jesus was anxious about bread. And Jesus got semi-knotted with them and he goes like, guys, come on now. Come on, basically. We, we, fed, we fed the 20,000 people with the, with the five loaves and the fishes and how many basketfuls you pick up. And then we fed the, the, you know, the 15,000 or the 4,000 men and then so that's 15,000 people. And we fed them and then how many basketfuls? Do you think I'm worried about bread? Do you have eyes and don't see? Do you have ears and you don't hear? That's a question Jesus asked them. We all know Elisha in, in his servant. He, Elisha wakes up to Gehazi, goes out, and there's an army surrounding them, and he's all really nervous, and Elisha's calm. And he goes, don't you, what's going on? Don't you care that we drown? You know, can't you see them? And Elisha says, Lord, can you open his eyes? And the Lord opens his eyes, and then he sees what's actually going on, that, that they're surrounded by chariots of the army of God, chariots of fire all around. And he goes from terrified to, they are in trouble, Jesus said, if you get born again, you, your eyes can see the kingdom. Unless you're born again, you'll never see the kingdom. So people who are not born again can't see kingdom realities. They don't understand. They, their eyes are, are closed. They can't see spiritual truth. Their ears are shut up. They can't hear what the Lord is saying. They have no ability to perceive spiritual things. Their hearts are turned away from God. And so the only way that that changes is when you come to Jesus Christ. He opens your eyes and your ears and suddenly you understand things. My whole perspective, my entire life radically altered. It was like light came on. I could see in color for the first time in my life. Suddenly things made sense. And that's the way Jesus said it was going to be. If you want to walk in that way, we have to learn to listen to see what God is saying uh, to us. And if we don't, we can just drift along with the world. Now, the, as the song says, do you see what I see? Because it's an important thing. One of the, there's, there's a scripture in Jeremiah 17 uh, that said, um, Cursed is the one who puts their trust in man and who draws his strength from flesh and who thinks like, uh, like people and whose heart turns away from the Lord. And one of the things he says about those kinds of people who have set their hearts not to seek the Lord but to seek other people's advice, it says, They will not see prosperity when it comes. Not prosperity won't come to them, but they won't see it when it does. The, the, how about the scripture? You don't mind, we're just talking for a while. We'll get into the sermon now. The, the scripture says, they are darkened in their understanding because of the hardening of their hearts. 
So what happens is God begins to woo us and call us and draw us to himself. And when we seek his face, he begins to open up our eyes and we begin to see things that are invisible to those whose hearts are not drawn towards God. And so the only way we can come is when Jesus said, the only way you can come to me is the Father draws you. But when the Father starts drawing you and you join, you run towards the way he's drawing you, you can understand and see things that the natural eye will never see. And we've been looking into this idea, what can you see? Because I think that the Lord is bringing the church in this nation to this marvelous place, profoundly beautiful place. It's a watershed. You have to choose. You're either going to step in and start to see what God wants you to see, or you're not going to see what he wants you to see, and you're going to be stuck with the rest of the world just doing whatever they're doing. God is calling us to see the things that be not as though they be. Amen? We've been talking about this for a while. God's calling us to see things that be not. He's the God who calls the things that are not as though they are. He says, it's there, and you go, okay, I believe you, but I can't see it with a natural eye. But when I step in and agree in faith, I can start to step into some things that God has said. So I'm, I'm talking today a little bit about what's coming, and I think God has been speaking for a little while to us as a church. He's been whispering to us and encouraging this idea that there is something you can do with your eyes, and there's something you can do with the ears. You can see and hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. I want to take you to Genesis 41 because the story of Joseph, and it's been a story that the Lord keeps bringing me back to in recent months. And uh, it's, you know the story of Joseph, fascinating. He was uh, the first son of the beloved wife, and because Jacob then put him up over his other brothers, even though he was younger than them, uh, he put him over them. He gave him a coat, obviously, but he made them kind of the administrator. They, he, he made them kind of oversee his brothers and then he'd report back to dad, that guy's not doing such a good job and that guy's cheating you, but that guy's quite lazy. So they didn't like him too much. Jacob wasn't the wisest way to do that. And then, of course, he also started to have some visions about how they were all gonna bow down to him and so he shot his mouth off about that, probably not in the wisest way. Can I just, can I report, this is for free. Some, some, just because somebody's spiritual doesn't mean they mature. Wow. You discovered that. I've met a lot of really mature people, and I've, led, I've met a lot of really spiritual people. But not everybody who's spiritual is mature, and not everybody who's mature is spiritual. It's great when you find somebody who's spiritual and mature. Whole and holy. Amen. That's for free. So Joseph was spiritually... A, a giant, but he wasn't that mature. He wasn't handling his business well. He was a little bit snotty. He was a little bit arrogant, and he got sorted out. So his brothers, when dad, dad runs away, they, you know the story. They grab him. They throw him in a pit. They, they want to kill him. Older brother says, hey, let's not do that. Some Ishmaelites come along. They sell him to the Ishmaelites as a slave. They get some money. They tear his robes. They put some blood on it. They say to dad, a lion got him. And he goes off, and he, he goes into Potiphar's house, and he does well there until Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him, which he, he rejects. And then she lies about it and says he came to rape her, so he's branded as a rapist and put in the king's prison. He does well there, um, and then he, he interprets people's dreams wisely, and they say, we'll, we'll talk about you when we get out, and they don't. And two years go by, and eventually Pharaoh has a dream, and then Joseph is 
the guy remembers and he goes, ah, there's a guy in jail, he's perfect for this. And so they, Pharaoh says, bring him to me because nobody else can interpret the dream. Now you're caught up on the story. So here we go. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. And when he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Stop. No one gave prisoners sharp knives and, sh and razor blades to shave himself. So if you were in a dungeon, it showed on your face. And Joseph had years of betrayal and uh, people being brutal to him and false accusations. And, and um, it, was, it showed. And he'd been in a dungeon. But now Pharaoh wants to see him. And so two things have to happen. Firstly, he has to shave. He has to cut off all those years of nonsense. He has to let go of all of that. He can't appear in front of Pharaoh uh, like, the, like a wild bushman. He has to come in sharp. And they give him some new clothes. And he obviously, I think, took a bath. He, he comes in looking like he might be somebody of use to Pharaoh. If he came in looking like the ragamuffin that he was sort of 15 minutes earlier, I'm not sure it would have gone so well. So he shaves. And there is a moment when we're coming into a new year to shave off the old. This, make it a nice close trim. Uh, Tom was saying, Irish, open the door, midnight, and say, all right, 2022, get out of here. Shut the door. I'm done with you. Some of us have felt like that at the end of the last three or four years. I really want to fling the door open and say, get out of here. It's like hitting your head against the wall. The nicest thing is when you can stop. I'm so glad that year's over. Good. Now, he arrives in front of Pharaoh, and uh, Pharaoh says, I had a dream. No one can interpret it. And he says, I can't do it either, but God can help us. And so he does, and he, you know the story, and Pharaoh gives him a name, which means the man who reveals mysteries, and he gives him a wife who's, this is all this back channel about how pretty she was. She was really pretty, and it's all this backstory about who she was and where she came from. We don't have time. But she was a pretty lady, and so he gets, he gets elevated to the second highest post in the country. He gets a pretty wife, and... During the seven years of abundance, the land produced plentifully, just as he'd said. And Joseph collected all the food produced in those seven years of abundance in Egypt, and he stored it up in the cities. Now, before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asenath, daughter of Potiphar, a priest of On. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh, which means forget, and said, It is because God has made me forget all my trouble in my father's household. And the second son he named Ephraim, which means twice fruitful. And he said, it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Simple message. I feel like when God puts you in a new season, this is what he did for Joseph in the, in the seven fat years. In the, in the season of his blessing, in the season of his ascendancy, in the season of favor amongst men, God did for, for Joseph two things. He gave him two children to mark the season. And they, their names were prophetic. He said, this, I'm naming this child because this is what's going on in my life right now. And the first child he named Manasseh, which means God has caused me to forget. Caused me to forget. God will place you in seasons sometimes that will cause you to forget the pain you used to have. Sometimes it's been remarkable, Michelle and I are living in, in a blessing, and then we look back and we go, can you, 
Can you believe we used to be there? That's amazing. But we have to be willing to forget. Imagine if Joseph was surrounded by all these blessings and prestige and authority and dominion and prosperity, and he still was rehearsing every slight that his family had made him. Because he'd be still a prisoner of his past and not loving in the present. And it's amazing that sometimes God will give you a season of blessing and favor and prosperity, and the purpose of the season is to help you forget. And some of us go, I'll never forget. I'll never forgive. I'll never let go. You know, they hurt me. And we rehearse the little details of how people hurt us. And God will give you a season to bless and prosper you because he wants you to forget. And I think we're coming up on that season. God wants to give you enough of a blessing, enough buoyancy in your spirit, enough financial prosperity, enough peace, enough friends, enough family around you to cause you to forget the years of pain. Amen. It is because God has made me forget all my trouble. Hallelujah. I would like the Lord to give us a 2023 that makes us forget. He named his son Forgetfulness. Would you be willing to let God help you forget all your trouble? Every slander, every injury, all the betrayals, the big chips on small people's shoulders. Why is that, by the way? Smallest people have the biggest chips. Every time people cheated you, they backstabbed you, they spoke evil of you behind your back. Why don't we go into the new year with a clean slate? Let's wipe the windshield clean of, so that our view is unobscured. It's not obscured by birds that flew overhead or the stones that were thrown up against us on the way or the residue of the stormy weather or the bugs that left their marks. Some people in this room, I think you need to make a choice. Like Joseph had to. I'm going to shave this off. I'm going to shave off the marks of all the betrayals and of the hatreds and of the lies and of the slander and of the excess. I'm gonna just shave it off. I'm gonna step into a new role because that's who I was. And up until now, most of my life has been given over to other people saying horrible things about me. And in the middle of that, God preserving me and favoring me and blessing me and God wants to do the same for you. He'll keep you because he's able to keep you and to present you faultless and in the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And he always will. But I think the Lord wants to prosper some people. I think the Lord wants to bless some people so powerfully that you forget. This is a season of forgetfulness. If you, if you hear me, I really believe 2023 in the heart of God is an opportunity for his blessing to cause you to forget. Now, you won't forget the lessons you've learned or the wisdom you've gained or the truths you've discovered. Those are staying with you because the Holy Spirit remains and he'll bring back to mind, Jesus said, everything that I've taught you. And you're not going to forget the kindnesses and the faithfulnesses and the goodness of God because if you stop long enough to catch your breath, you'll be reminded of everything he did for you. But you can't forget the pettiness of people and the pain of the process. 
And you can learn to revel in this moment and the blessing that God gives it. So to mark this milestone of the firstborn son, Joseph called him forgetfulness. The rejection, the debate about his murder, the selling him off into slavery, the treachery, the envy, the hatred from his household, he needed to forget all of that as well. Because he said, he said, God has made me forget all my troubles and all my father's household. Everything my family did to me, even that I've forgotten. Because he's got a new name and he's got a new wife and he's got, he's got a whole nation. He's speaking in a different language. Nobody knows him. Nobody understands his story. They just know, man, whatever that God says, you better do it. And he says, jump, you ask how high on the way up and you do it quick. Because he's a big shot. And if Joseph hadn't learned this and he hadn't given himself over to celebrate the season that God had put him in, he would have never allowed his father's household to come into Egypt, which was God's promise to Abraham. I'm going to park Israel in Egypt for 400 years until the sin of the Amorites is over, and then I'm going to take them out with Egypt's plunder. I'm going to plunder Egypt. All the wealth of Egypt I'm going to give to my people, and I'm going to take them into a promised land. Joseph had to work with the season that God had him in in order to accomplish the promises that God had given him. Can I say that again? Joseph had to work with the season that God had given him in order to accomplish the promises that God had given him. And there is a season coming of the favor and the blessing and the richness and the fatness of God. And you can miss the season by sitting grumpy and grumbling and remembering all the harsh things that you did, or you could just wipe that away and say, Father, I'm open to the season. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond? And Joseph was, the Bible says he went all the way through Egypt and everywhere he started building granaries and he started requiring 20% of all crops to be put in there every year. Why? Because he's understanding there's a season I'm having to cooperate with. And as Joseph is cooperating with the word of the Lord and the declared season, and he's doing all of that to the nation, God is also prospering him. He's working with the season that God has him in in order to fulfill the promises that God has given him. And you're going to have to do the same. Some of the promises that God's given you, the long promises, are waiting a moment. It's coming. Second son was born to him was Ephraim, doubly fruitful. It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. He was fruitful in Potiphar's house. He was, until he was falsely accused. He was fruitful in jail until he was released. Now he's fruitful managing Egypt. The places where he suffered the most, God made him the most fruitful. Imagine that. Imagine that. In the places of your worst suffering, if God gave you that biggest biggest harvest swapping suffering for fruitfulness I like that so you have to seed that ground with faith the scripture says if you go out carrying seed to sow and weeping you come back laughing with sheaves from the harvest the, the, the one who sows in tears will reap with songs of joy amen 
grieving lasts for a season, but joy comes in the morning. There is a moment here where God is saying, listen, I understand that some of us have had to suffer. And then Peter says, this is not a strange thing, though some of you have had to suffer for a little while, but if you'll just keep your head down and you'll keep seeking God, if you'll humble yourself under the mighty hand of the God, then in due season, he's gonna lift you up and your life is gonna be profound. Up until this time in his life, Joseph, Joseph has never been in charge of the blessing that God puts on his life. Joseph is managing his father's flocks and it prospers under his hand, but he's not in charge of the prosperity. And Potiphar's household, everything that he put his hand to prospered, and Potiphar's household prospered, but Joseph wasn't in charge of it. In prison, the Bible says they left the, the guy in charge of the prison gave it all to Joseph, and he didn't mess with anything because whatever Joseph touched brought order and peace, and there was the best-run prison in the world, but Joseph wasn't actually in charge. The first time in his life, Joseph is in charge of the, fun, of the blessing and the foundation that God is giving him. And I think many people are coming into a season in the next little while where God is decreeing double fruitfulness for you. What are you going to do with God's fruitfulness? The seedbeds of your previous suffering are due a double harvest. Let me close with this. 2023, I hope, is going to be marked forgetfulness and fruitfulness. I hope God blesses you so much that you forget all your pain. Like a mother in childbirth, and then here's the baby cry. And the 20 hours of labor, or whatever it was, though meaningful in themselves, don't mean much now. Forgetfulness is on the agenda. And I feel like the Lord wants to bless you and put you in a season so profound and so good and so filled with his faithful favor that you forget. That that becomes so normal to you. That becomes so common. So absolutely this is how we live. That you forget the years of pain. And I think the Lord wants to bless somebody and a few, few people, a bunch of us, to be so fruitful that we don't even feel the 20% extra that he's asking us to give away or to manage or to prepare for what's coming. I'm going to invite the, the, you know, no, I'm not going to do that. I've got, a, I've got a video I'd like to show you. We, we uh, at the end of the year, we asked you to fill in some testimonies and I remember sitting there going, which testimony do I tell? Because I didn't have one testimony in the year. I had hundreds of testimonies. The kindness of God showed up many, many times for our family last year. So many times, so many healings, so many provisions, so many times this faithful word came. So much peace. And I just sat there going, okay, well, I'll write this one. But we had hundreds as you all filled them out. And what became so obvious to me is, you know, life's a funny old thing. You, you go through life, there's ups and downs, but... Going through it together with a group of people who actually love Jesus and love one another, that makes all the difference. And so I, I, I was so blessed as I, I watched this, and I'm going to invite you to just watch some of the testimonies of this past year and some of what the Lord's been doing among us. And then we're going to come back and we're going to pray a little bit together. Let's watch this.
I uh, came home and was on oxygen. And um, I didn't know it at the time, but my mom had called the doctor and asked the doctor how long I would be on oxygen. And he said, probably forever. You know, we love the growth. Um, our boys were very connected, but we were both feeling like we, we were missing uh, an opportunity to, to, to connect with people. I was wanting more than just coming to church, serving, and then leaving. I had a deep desire for several years to get more connected. We were in a season of trial after trial after trial, it seemed, and um, it was just with our family and careers, and um, it had just taken a uh, severe emotional toll on both of us. I found myself addicted to methamphetamine, with broken relationships, a broken heart, alone in a hospital, plotting suicide, asking God to help me. This is my awakening The one my heart was fast asleep You were resurrecting me I thought that I would never breathe I thought the pain would never leave But you're redeeming just thirsty for community. I had kind of concluded that God wanted me alone for the rest of my life, that um, relationships that came into my life eventually were gonna leave, people would leave anyway, and so there was no point in really investing. I began to experience just a whole series of significant losses and disappointments. It started with the loss of my mother, and just one week after her passing, our first baby was stillborn. I began to struggle emotionally and I began to struggle spiritually and I was not sure what was going on in my heart and in my mind. And unlike me, I typically don't experience a lot of discouragement. I, I began to feel discouraged and, and wondering um, if my best and most fruitful days were behind me and not in front of me. Every time there was prayer for provision and the church was invited to stand, we were always standing and believing that God uh, was going to break through for us in our circumstances. And I received actually a few prophetic words just based around a promotion and leadership. And it was, you know, around leadership in my family, leadership in ministry, and also leadership in my career. Um, I knew that God would uh, provide for me through this season, I knew that he had not brought me this far to drop me off. Um, the amazing thing is, is that I'm making like $7,000 more a year than I was making, and the benefits are amazing. One of those jobs kind of came out of nowhere, and it was just, you know, Jenny and I were looking at it, and we were like, this is the perfect position. This is just, you know, this was just something that I was, that I'm gifted at, that I'm made to do. And uh, and sure enough, the Lord blessed me with that position. And We were given a car um, for Maddie's mom by someone through our community group. Yeah. And they literally drove it down to us the next day with the title. Yeah. And uh, that was insane. What I have found and what I believe is that I, I am truly blessed to be surrounded by some great, wonderful people in my life. Uh, we went from a place of uh, feeling like we were growing but not connected 
to now being so connected to, to people. And in that moment, I heard the Lord say, this is home. And I just, I wept. God took me from being this uh, very much a loner individual to being someone who felt connected to this church because of the fellowship that I was getting through community groups. And the Holy Spirit filled me with a new joy, a new hope, and really a new overwhelming abundance is his love. I had never encountered the heart of God as deeply as that Sunday morning. It was in that moment that I chose to believe that God is good, regardless of what life may bring. I have chosen to believe that God sees the big picture of my life. It is in every detail and working things for my good. We're overwhelmed by God's goodness um, and his ability to bless us. I have lasting friendships now. God has exceeded my expectations, just like he says he would in Ephesians 3.20. And I am doing things that I never thought I would do before. God saw fit for me to have those things. And I'm so grateful. Drugs no longer bound me, as well as I'm not alone no more. I have come into an environment here at Northlands where I can really call my home. Thank God for my church family. Thank God for you guys, Northlands. I am completely healed. I don't no longer have anything wrong with my lungs. I went back to the lung doctor to have a checkup and I no longer have asthma. The asthma that I've had since I was a kid, um, I have been healed. And I, I just want you guys to know that uh, God is a miracle worker. This is my awakening There's color now in everything Color now in everything Praise God. All righty. Uh, we're gonna, we, we'd like to just pray because I, I really feel like the Lord wants to help some people with forgetfulness and fruitfulness. And I think he wants to break some categories and some change, bring some change. So I, I just wanted to pray over, we're just going to pray over four, four different groups of people and we don't have a lot of time. So we're going to just go for it and, and um, just have you stand and pray. All right. And so the first is, I, I feel like there's some people here, you've got friendships are broken down or family relationships are broken down and there's some prodigals that need to come home. And you're trusting God for a, a restoration in the family because it's gone ugly and it's not working. 
And we just need to say, Lord, could you help us? Could you step in? And I'm trusting you in this year, Lord, for a supernatural breakthrough in the family. So if that's you, won't you stand, please? I want to pray for you. Just right where you are. Yeah. Now, the people around you are just going to gently put their hand on you just to, just to say, hey, we, we're with you. We understand. Uh, you know, this is, this is real for these people, and, and it's not a small issue either. So we just want to stand with you and pray and just have somebody around you put their hand on you. So here we go. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for these dear people, and I ask that this year, Lord, you would pour out uh, forgetfulness onto them, and that, Lord, the, the, the pain and the bruising and the hurt and the wounding and the betrayals that have happened in the family, I pray, Lord, that you would break that and that you would cause, Lord, a forgetfulness to happen and that you would bring families together, Lord, supernaturally bring them back. We call the prodigals in, Lord. We call them in in Jesus' name. It's time to come home. And so, Father, we pray that you break that off them, that deception that's on them, and call them home. We pray, Lord, for a supernatural peace. Lord, where people said it could never happen. There's no way it can happen. But, Father, you're the God who specializes in the supernatural. So I'm praying, Lord, for those people who have betrayed, Lord, just like Joseph had his own family, Lord, I pray for forgetfulness and fruitfulness on families. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. A number of the cards had depression and anxiety on, and I particularly wanted to pray for you if that has been your struggle and included in that physical healing. Maybe you're trusting God for that because a testimony, as we know, is an invitation for God to do it again. And so if, you, if that's been a struggle for you, just a spirit of heaviness because the Lord wants to exchange that and give you a garment of praise. And we can go into the new year with a, with a different garment. So if you've struggled with depression or anxiety or physical sickness or spirit of fear, because there were so many testimonies of God delivering from that, and there's an invitation for you. So I'd love you to stand, and we'd love to stand with you and trust God for that to be over. Amen. Yeah. And if you're near anybody standing, please go and pray with them. Yeah. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for... Um, the space where we can gather together as brothers and sisters, where we can stand with one another, hold one another's arms up. Lord, your word says that you give a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Lord, that you turn our mourning into joy. And so right now, Father, I just release your people from depression and anxiety and spirit of fear, because fear is not our future. It is not what you've called us to. Father, I thank you, Lord, now for the peace of God to come. Lord, I release your peace, Father. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for praise. A garment of praise, Lord, would settle on our shoulders right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, together we stand and we rebuke a spirit of infirmity, especially one that's been repetitive. We say no more in the name of Jesus. You back off of our people in Jesus' name. Father, we release wholeness and health in bodies in Jesus' name. Father, any sickness has to go because you are the God who heals, Lord. You took all our sickness on the cross. And so we thank you, Lord, for joy. We thank you for restored peace. We thank you for restored bodies in the name of Jesus. Amen. Right, one more category. I just want to pray for uh, provision. 
And for, for, for a lot of people said we're trusting God for provision and breakthrough. And, and I, um, you know, we're not, we're not the silly people who, who think that it's our own hands that got us the wealth. I understand there's hard work involved and I understand there's a lot of people doing a lot of good things and, and that's commendable. But ultimately, we're looking to the Lord to make a provision. That's why we, we, that's why we think first fruits. We, we think the Lord is behind this. And so um, I, I want to trust the Lord for fruitfulness, significant fruitfulness this year. And I think the Lord is saying that. I think this, there is um, an abundance, an, an abundance mentality that's coming, and then the abundance that follows that mentality. And I, I really do believe that the Lord wants to prosper some people significantly this year. So if you, if you have a need or a financial provision need or you, you, there's a fear about that, I'm going to ask you to stand, please, won't you? And we're just going to pray for that. I'm going to trust with you that God would give us a breakthrough. All righty. Here we go. Father, make us fruitful in the land of suffering. I pray for fruitfulness, Lord, in every area where there's been suffering. I pray for supernatural double blessing, Father. Not just a salary, double salary. Not just a bonus, a double bonus. Not just a promotion, double promotion. Uh, I pray for fruitfulness, Lord, to rest on your people. I pray for supernatural provisions. I am asking, Lord, for breakthroughs. Not just, not just, Lord, once in a while, not just checks in the mail, but I'm asking, Lord, for supernatural structural change, that people would find jobs, that careers would come to them, that connections would be made, that, Lord, promotions would, uh, would happen, and that, Lord, you would cause uh, your favor and your blessing to come upon your people, and that, Lord, as they walk into that prosperity and as they're diligent with what you give them, Father, that you would cause the richness of your blessing to help them forget and be fruitful in this land and in this year. Father, I banish poverty and lack off your people. I break it. No, no, you may not come near these people. But Father, we release blessing and favor and peace and richness and fatness upon their provision. We also break, Lord, fear. Fear, you have no hold or right, and you don't speak to our future. Only our God speaks to our future. And we break it in Jesus' name. Fear, you have no hold here. But Father, we dedicate these people standing. Father, we, we lift them to you as the first fruits of the year. This is the first fruits of the faith of this church, Lord, saying, we believe, we trust you. And I'm asking, Lord, for supernatural, supernatural testimony out of this week for these people in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.